Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Network and Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Eber. It is great to be with you today. What a day. What a weekend. What a week. What a month. What a tournament the Euros have been. Uh, shocks and upsets abound. Uh, Ukraine into the quarterfinals, if you can believe that. There's always a, a darling team that makes it through. And I tell you what, it's been a, an exciting, terrific tournament. And I apologize if you bet a lot of my picks because uh, I wasn't the only one but uh, did not get some of these upsets. All right, well, look, we're going to get through it in detail. Also, let's talk about the transfer market. It is heating up. Leicester City adding to their squad. We have a new manager at Everton. We have a potential new manager at Tottenham. So much to talk about. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Uh, we are also on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning SiriusXM app, and speaking to all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. And we each and every weekday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the right-sided coast. For all you early birds listening on Sports Overnight America, uh, we really have so much to get to today. I mean, it is fabulous stuff. You know, my alternate final of Italy Belgium which was my second choice final is a possibility although I will tell you I have opinions about all of these teams and I'm not sure that I'm as in love with a certain group of Belgians as other people are but we'll talk about it great performance from England and again let's talk transfer market Jack Grealish uh, is in the news today as is Nuno Espirito Santo as is Rafa Benitez so much to talk about Twitter at Nikiba, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'd love to hear from you. That's the way this show works the best, when you tell me what your opinions and thoughts are, and then we go from there. Uh, have uh, some regular listeners that I speak to on an ongoing basis on Facebook, probably more often, but I do like to make my comments on Twitter. Awful announcing abounds during these Euros. I'm going to tell you why I was so unhappy with John Champion uh, during the France match. Uh, look, so much to get to. Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, Facebook.com, forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'll be right back to kick it off after this. On the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and the Sirius XM. Um, great to be with you today. It has been such an exciting tournament. Usually uh, these tournaments, I mean, look, there's, there's always a sort of dark horse or, you know, somebody that uh, creates upsets. I don't think we have seen this many upsets in a tournament in an awfully long time. We have some absolutely terrific looking um, quarterfinals coming up that are sort of mouth-watering, I think, to say the least, of which Belgium-Italy, clearly, clearly the match that you want to look for. And 
you know, I like to bet on sports, and I know you probably do as well. And not just the Euros, but I like uh, to bet on hockey and basketball and the Olympics and uh, baseball to a lesser degree for me personally, but I know there are a lot of people that love to bet on baseball. Uh, so, you know, I do like the old sports bet here and there. I use betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I recommend them highly. Safe, secure, no problems getting money in or out. They've got an incredible menu of bets that you can make on just about every sport, horse racing, martial arts, golf, hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, uh, everything, anything you may want. Look, do you want to bet the Moroccan Soccer League? Are you interested in whether CAYB Berrichild will be beating Casablanca or Tetuan will play Wadad Casablanca? Well, I personally am not interested, but if you are, and that is a weird sports bet you want to make. You can make it at betonline.ag because they have it. And right now, head over to betonline.ag on your desktop device or your mobile phone and place a open an account or if you have an account, fund it, and they will give you 50% off, 50% bonus on your first deposit. You heard me right. 50% bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. And if you're going to bet on sports, I tell you this every time, please do so uh, well, do so responsibly and make it part of your entertainment dollars and not a part of your lifestyle. If you do that, you'll be happy. Look, let's talk lifestyles because big news today in the Premier League. And don't worry, we're going to get to the Euros. We're going to get to the Euros. And Friday, I will be going through and giving you my actual picks for the Euros, uh, my picks and odds. I'm going to give it a couple of days to see how some of the injuries unfurl. But Everton have appointed uh, Rafa Benitez, former Liverpool manager, a, a wonderful man and a Liverpool legend, has been appointed as the manager of Everton. This is, form, this is more proof as to the ambition of Moshiri, the new owner of Everton. I think this is going to be fabulous. I predict uh, Rafa Benitez will get a very warm reception from Liverpool supporters. And if you're an Everton supporter, <clears throat> you need to put aside the fact that he was a former Liverpool manager. You have one of the greats at the helm, replacing, by the way, another great in Carlo Ancelotti, if you remember, who left in really, I, I, I thought, very with a, with a great deal of lack of class, you know what I mean? In terms of managers, excuse me on that, I just hit the microphone. Uh, Frank de Boer leaving the job as the Dutch boss, boss after their exit from the Euros, but seems like Nuno Espirito Santo about to be named as the new manager of Tottenham Hotspur, and I think, I think, uh, that's a really good move for them. I happen to be a big fan of Nuno Espirito Santo. I thought he did a terrific job at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, you know, I think he took that team on and off as far, far as he could. They had a disappointing season last season. Everyone will agree. They had terrible injuries in key, with key personnel. But I think Nuno is a very good manager and will do very well at Tottenham. And I'm wondering, I just wonder, if that may change Harry Kane's idea of whether he wants to leave or not. Because right now, there are few, if any, teams that are willing and able to meet his price being set on him by Tottenham Hotspur. So we will have to see. Um, so that, there's a little bit of news uh, uh, working its way around global football. By the way, Crystal Palace are going to be appointing Patrick Vieira as their manager. And here is an interesting uh, 
signing. You know, I, I, I told you last season when we were looking at the Premier League and how it sort of, how it ended up. And if you remember, Leicester City had that sort of late in the season blip, which was, I, I, I think most of us that follow the Premier League fairly closely we're not all that surprised because, uh, listen, they had a terrific season. Brendan Rodgers, a wonderful manager, another former Liverpool manager, Liverpool manager, of course. Uh, but uh, we were sort of expecting it. One of the problems that Leicester City have and one of the reasons why they dropped into fifth place, because if you remember, I mean, look, they were in third place in the table up until the last three games of the season, which they lost in a row. I mean, they lost... Uh, to after beating Man United, they then lost to Newcastle, they lost to Chelsea, and they lost to Tottenham, and that dropped them out of the top four in the Champions League spot, which was a disaster for them. They needed more goal-scoring ability. Manchester City scored 83 goals, Leicester City scored 68. The last two games of Leicester City... Uh, they did score. They scored one against Chelsea. They scored uh, f uh, two against uh, uh, Tottenham. And they scored two against uh, Newcastle. Uh, defensively as a problem. But it's up top where really they seem a little shaky. Not so much shaky, just thin. So they've just signed the very exciting young Zambian named Patson Daka from Red Bull Salzburg. Signed on a five-year deal, about £22 million. He scored 27 goals in 28 appearances at Red Bull Salzburg uh, at the Austrian League. And if you remember, Red Bull Salzburg won the Austrian League, um, won the Austrian League um, last season. Uh, Bundesliga Player of the Season. Really, really, really good signing for them. And uh, this is the sort of thing that they need to do in order to really continue to mount challenges uh, throughout the, se the season. Uh, all right, so uh, those are some uh, interesting signings. Jack Grealish is the other discussion. Of course, you know, how exciting has Jack Grealish been, particularly here at the Euros? Uh, Aston Villa trying to tie him down, offering him £150,000 a week, uh, trying to stave off interest from Manchester City. He is the captain of Villa. He won't be the captain of City. I wonder if he wants to be a big fish in a smaller pond or just a sort of regular fish with a lot to prove in a big pond. We'll have to see what his uh, ambition levels are. Uh, Juve are trying to wrap up the issues of Cristiano Ronaldo, who has another year on his contract, so this is the time they're going to sell him. He's probably got one more contract in him. Most players at 36 uh, don't have... Uh, most players at 36 do not have another contract in them, uh, but Cristiano Ronaldo given just the type of player he is, he certainly does have one more, not too long contract in there. Uh, Adrian Rabiot is of interest. You may have watched him play with France as they uh, bowed out to Switzerland. Uh, he is a midfielder, and Man United are interested in him. And speaking of players who have had a rebirth in these Euros, you have to think Shakiri and Xhaka, both with Switzerland, both performing very well, both showing what they are made of. Uh, look, um, Juve racing to sign Granite Xhaka. Roma also interested. And this interesting, you know, Arsenal couldn't get much out of him, but apparently 
uh, everyone else can. <laughs> what does that tell you about Arsenal? All right, uh, I'm going to go to a break. When I come back, let's start talking about the Euros because there have certainly been some whopping disappointments, uh, absolutely shocking, uh, some of the stuff that's happened in the Euros. And it has been one roller coaster ride of a tournament. Good fun has been had. Good fun all around if you've been watching it and following it and betting on it and uh, really enjoying it. Some of the football's been fantastic. Some of it's been, man, not so fantastic. Uh, but it has really been an enjoyable tournament. And I'm going to have, I have a few ideas why. And let's talk about them when I get back here on World Soccer Radio. Sirius XM, Nick Eber with you. Um, what an exciting Euros it's been so far. The upsets have abounded. The storylines are playing out a little bit to script for some teams, certainly not to script for others. And we're seeing a development of teams as the tournament goes on that just makes it more exciting. I was watching the France game. And by the way, if you, I apologize because if you tuned in to my podcast special, uh, which was available at the Believe Podcast Network on Monday, I did a podcast special, um, which uh, I put up on the, on the podnet for you. Uh, and I'll be doing that. And I do do that. So you want to be sure to subscribe, by the way, so that you can uh, pick up some of the extra content that I dropped. Anyway, I was discussing the state of John Champions announcing during the France game, uh, where France lost in penalties uh, to Switzerland. And you may recall that France, the prohibitive favorites coming into this match, in fact, the overall favorites for the tournament at plus 450 at BetOnline before the tournament started. But they got knocked out by Switzerland. And the way that game unfolded was uh, Seferovic, who had an absolutely cracking game, okay, uh, put the Swiss ahead in the 15th minute. And, and the Swiss played absolutely beautifully in squashing the French, uh, basically compressing to the point that they just didn't give them the space they needed to play, even though the French had a vast bulk of the possession. So, with 1-0 up, France looking really clueless, actually, at this point. John Champion, the announcer, who's, who's been very experienced, been around a long time, very good announcer, sitting there with Taylor Twelman, starts to get Americanized on you. And by that, I mean starts to sort of break the mold of the uh, reserved... British sports announcer, uh, whether you like that or not, but that is typically John Champion's um, MO, my, uh, unlike Ian Dark, and I'll get to Ian Dark here in a minute. Uh, starts talking about sort of, the death of France. Oh, you know, oftentimes teams just reach their sell-by dates and starts basically lamenting 
the fact that France are long in the tooth and past their sell-by date and the players don't have any energy and the vigor. Now, the fact that France is one of the youngest teams in the tournament and won the World Cup, okay, seems to uh, be to John Champion a memory of 20 years ago. But they are still one of the youngest teams, or were still one of the youngest teams in the tournament. And shortly thereafter, France go up 2-1. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Benzema scoring a goal uh, in, the 50, in the 57th minute, and then again in the 59th minute. So then John Champion and Taylor Twelman all of a sudden have to change their tune because now, well, the French don't look quite so past their sell-by date, do they? And all of a sudden they're effusively singing the praises of the great French World Cup team and how they just suddenly woke up and they awoke a sleeping giant. And, you know, and then, of course, Switzerland come back. And by the way, I want to point out, actually, uh, Pogba made it 3-1. And at that point, they were all over themselves singing the praises. And by the way, lovely goal from Paul Pogba. But then, then the Swiss team showed that they were in this for real and that they were not going to go out with a whimper. And Seferovic scores in the 81st minute. And finally, uh, Gavranovic scores in the 90th minute. And we have a tie game. Goes all the way through extra time into penalties where the Swiss win. Now, okay, so did the French lose? Yes. Are they long in the tooth? Oh, come on, John Champion. You're a much better announcer than that. I mean, John Champion making effusive statements about the sort of demise of the French team just before they go up three goals to one um, is, is, is worse, in my opinion, than Ian Dark's constant hedging about the positions he takes while he's announcing. You'll say, well, they really, this is, now this is a Ian Dark statement. Well, they're just really not playing the way they should be, don't you think? He always posed those questions to his co-commentator. He couches everything. He, 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 he basically never takes a position. Uh, now, which one do you want? I, I, I know you're saying, Nick, you can't have it both ways. I agree. Um, I, I don't like either position. Commentate on the game in front of you. If you want to make small talk, make the talk, but don't set yourself up for looking like an idiot just five minutes later, because that is what happened to John Champion. Anyhow, off go the French team, dispatched by the Swiss, and if ever you wanted to know why we play the games and we don't just place the bet and we don't just play it on a computer, the game is actually played. If you want to know why soccer is the greatest reality show on earth, the Premier League being the greatest of all, uh, there is no better example than the minnows of Switzerland knocking off the monster of France in a, a going head-to-head -head in an all-guns-blazing battle of football broadsides uh, that saw the Swiss uh, destroyer sink the French battleship. Fantastic stuff. Uh, you know, I, I did think France were lacking in some tactical uh, now, and that is uh, what I think is the problem. It certainly wasn't the player's desire and ability. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the mental stuff here in a second, because there was certainly a piece of that. But I think Didier Deschamps, quite frankly, got it wrong. So, there you have it. France knocked off by Switzerland. Uh, look, 
why do I think Deschamps is responsible for the loss? And it's very simple. This French team is young. This French team is fantastic. This French team is absolutely loaded with talent. There's no denying that. What this French team did was show an incredible lack of mental toughness. I believe they fully expected the Swiss team to hit the pitch and say, oh my God, we're playing our neighbors, the French. Look at the talent on this team. I'm now going to roll over and play dead. And they certainly didn't do that. And when the Swiss went up 1-0, it was almost like the French, oh, we know we will score. This is, we will still beat them. This is uh, no problem. And, and that's why it took so long for them to get back in the game. And then when they went up 3-1, that was it, game over. The French stopped playing. But the Swiss didn't stop playing. Folks, that is mental toughness. That is lack of preparation. That is disrespect of your opponents. That is expecting your reputation to win games for you. And you know, in the world of modern sports, that just doesn't happen. Who is responsible? Well, Frank de Boer got the axe at the, with the Dutch team, and I'm telling you, I think, I think, I think it is time for Didier Deschamps to spice winning the World Cup. This is an embarrassment, and he should go, and I think he likely will. So that was my take on the France-Switzerland upset. Uh, the Netherlands-Czech Republic upset, which was a huge upset in and of itself, the Czech Republic beating the Dutch 2-0, um, is really was really in my mind. I always felt this Dutch team, despite having the likes of uh, you know of Memphis Depay and Frankie De Jong and you know Van Arnholt and Georgie Wijnaldum and Stecklenburg in goal uh, and and Cruel and you know we can go down the list, right? I think I always felt this Dutch team was actually quite overrated, and I had an absolute tickle watching the Czech Republic beat the Dutch two goals to nil in what really in my mind was no game yes the Dutch red card helped absolutely but you know they took the red card because they were under pressure time and time again on the counter-attack which they seemingly were unable to stave off so the Dutch go the Czech Republic go through we're going to get to all of the uh, upcoming matchups here in a minute Denmark slugging it out easily and whomping on the poor Welsh team. I actually expected more from Wales than what we saw. A 4-0 uh, mauling at the hands of the Danes. Italy beating Austria. Um, you know, they were up 2-1. The Austrians scored really, really late. And I thought they deserved a goal because they played well. But, you know, this Italian team is playing... Uh, with belief, with verve, with vigor. And I, I, I just wonder, and I just asked the question, did they maybe peak a little bit too early? Because it took extra time for Italy, pardon me, Italy uh, to win. They did have to win in extra time, of course. They were really held to extra time by the Austrians. And so uh, we're, we're going to talk about that in the next segment when we start to look at some of our prognostications. All right, I think we're just about done here uh, for this segment. I have to go to break. We have to listen to some messages. I'm going to go to the loo, grab a drink. We'll be back to kick it off for the next segment. 
Let's continue our look at the Euros. Let's continue our look at the at the quarterfinals now as they are set. We're going to finish our review of the round of 16. What a fun tournament it's been. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Uh, also, iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning Sirius XM app. I'm everywhere that you want to be. We are presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. i got to go. Be right back after this. Broadcast Network, Nick Gieber with you here uh, on a day where we are looking back at the conclusion of the round of 16 of the Euro Championships. Uh, we're talking a little bit about some of the upsets. By the way, we're presented to you by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, we are looking at some of the results. We talked a little bit about the Dutch going out to the Czech Republic. And uh, yeah, was I surprised by that result? Absolutely surprised. Uh, was I shocked by that result? No, there's kind of a difference, right? I mean, I was surprised that the Czech Republic, who are a very good team, by the way, uh, played as well as they did and that the Dutch uh, played as poorly as they did. Uh, that's what surprised me. Uh, was I shocked? No, because I kind of felt like this Dutch team was a little bit of uh, smoke and mirrors. Uh, they had some key injuries, obviously, and... Um, I just, honestly, you know, John Champion was talking about teams past their sell-by dates. He, unfortunately, was referring uh, to France uh, in that discussion, but really, I, that's nonsense, by the way. Uh, the Dutch, I think, is a more appropriate uh, comparison if you want to look at teams that may or may not be by their sell-by dates. Uh, Belgium beating Portugal one goal to nil. Uh, it was a tough game for Belgium. It was a tough game for Portugal. Um... For me personally, I am not as much of a Belgium fanboy as many of you out there in football land are. And I'll tell you why uh, when we start talking about momentum. But 1-0 over Portugal, okay. Uh, you know, was I surprised that Portugal weren't a bit more clinical with the likes of Diogo Jota and obviously Cristiano Ronaldo? Uh, Bruno Fernandes, etc., etc., etc. Portugal had an incredible lineup, uh, but they were not able to get by the Belgian team who played effectively and won that game 1 uh, 0. Uh, Spain were really stymied for much of the match by Croatia, end up uh, beating Croatia five goals to three. They did concede three goals to Croatia, who have not been maybe the most prolific team in the tournament. Uh, Spain moving through forward to the quarterfinals uh i am not the biggest fan of that team we talked about france switzerland i'll get to england germany here in just a sec the other one and the big 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 upset that no one's really talking about in light of the czech republic beating the dutch obviously in light of the swiss beating the french those are two huge upsets right 
But really, no one's talking that much about Ukraine beating Sweden. Ukraine, folks. They were one of the lowest-ranked teams in this tournament are through to the quarterfinals of the Euros. Beating a Swedish team that was pretty solid. Okay, without Ibrahimovic, admittedly, lacking a little bit of, uh, of the teeth that they should have. But a very, very, very solid Swedish team beaten by the Ukrainians. So we do have some real surprises in the quarterfinals. Not just one, but two, with Switzerland and Ukraine uh, both be uh, three actually Switzerland, Ukraine, and the Czech Republic. Is it a surprise that the Danes are in? Maybe even you could say the Danes are a surprise as well. It's setting up some very, very, very interesting quarterfinals matchups. Now, let's get on to the other story England, Germany. Um, you know, one of the things that I've said about this English team is that they didn't show enough attacking threat, really, to make other teams fear them when they took the pitch. Now, that was obviously put to rest with the 2-0 victory against Germany. And I thought the team was excellent. I also think this isn't a particularly good German team they faced. I mean, when Serge Gnabry is, you know, one of your starters, I, I don't mean to be rude, but, you know, not a fan. Let's just put it that way, right? England drew their first match in the Euros. They won their last three in a row. I think they have yet to concede a goal. In fact, I'm sure they have yet to concede a goal. And on that basis, the issue for England really became, are they going to be able to score goals? They scored one goal against Croatia. They scored no goals against Scotland. And they scored one goal against the Czech Republic. By the way, you now see the Czech Republic actually a pretty good team, right? Then they get to the round of 16. And they score two goals against Germany. Yet to concede a goal in four matches. That is an impressive statistic. The Germans looked old, looked tired, looked out of ideas. If ever there was a team that fit John Champion's profile of a team living past their sell-by date, in my opinion, it is the Germans. Now, Jogi Lowe is gone. That was his final match in charge of Germany. And much like Alex Ferguson leaving or, uh, you know, um, Arsene Wenger looking at the team saying, oh my God, I've got a huge rebuilding job ahead of me. I think Jürgi Lowe realizes that the German team cycle was over and he just didn't have the, the, the temperament, the time 
the, the energy, the desire to see through another build cycle, time to let somebody else take the helm. And by the way, loads of respect for, for him. I thought he was uh, played absolutely, I mean played, he was an, he's an absolutely terrific manager. But just time's up, move on, all done. But England, on the other hand, who started the tournament slowly, a 1-0 victory over Croatia, then a disappointing for many, 0-0 against Scotland. If you remember, I actually picked that game to be a draw. And then a 1-0 against the Czech Republic. Uh, England sort of were disappointing, but actually what you saw was solid defensive work. I mean, really, not conceding a single goal so far in the tournament. And then to score two against Germany. Now, look, what made that 2-0 score so interesting to me wasn't just that Raheem Sterling showed why, you know, he is one of the best players on the planet. He's certainly a top 10, top 12 player in the, on the planet right now. And the fact that, you know, he can't... He, he, the, the fact that his position at Man City is tenuous is a shocker, to say the least, by the way. But it was the fact that Harry Kane got that goal. And it was a nice goal. And it was a Kane header. It was almost a one from the Kane catalog. And that's what England supporters were waiting to see. And that's what happened. You know, we talk about momentum being so important in these competitions. Now, all of a sudden, we hit the quarterfinals. And let's look at the momentum. Who has the momentum on these teams? Well... Uh, the Czech Republic are playing Denmark. And that's what's so funny about that is that that's two teams, both of have a lot of momentum on their side, right? Czech Republic, an upset. Denmark, the Christian Eriksen story. Uh, the, the, uh, the comeback from almost being eliminated. The momentum on the side of both of these teams, that is going to be a clash worthy of watching. England, Ukraine. England finding momentum. Ukraine, the minnows, the lowest ranked team in the tournament you know, to make it this far. Uh, that's going to be a terrific match. But then you look at the other side, you've got Spain and Switzerland, the Spanish, who really, really, really struggled to beat Croatia and conceded three goals to them, up against a Swiss team that have just knocked out the reigning World Cup champions. I don't think Spain are going to be considered to have momentum. They've had a, a, a tournament of fits and starts. They haven't looked great. And Switzerland, well, you know what they just did. And then finally, you have Clash of the Titans in Munich, where the Belgians will play the Italians. And you have two teams here, uh, both, I think, peaking early in the tournament. I love this Italian team. Right now, they are likely my tournament favorites, just FYI. That's not meaning to say, however that I think they're necessarily going to get by the Belgians. I think likely they will, but it's going to be a, a decent match. But this Belgian team, I think, overrated. I think, they're, look, they're a great team, don't get me wrong. But I think this Belgium team peaking a little bit too early. And let's face it, the Portuguese side, they beat 1-0, despite having, you know, as I mentioned, Ronaldo and, and, uh, and Jota and Fernandes. It wasn't the best team front to back. And they struggled to beat them. And the Italians on a roll. And I know people have Belgium as their favorites, but I think you need to look at the Italians, quite frankly.
I think we're going to set up some very, very interesting semifinals where we could have, well, we're certainly going to have the uh, Spanish or the Swiss in one side of the semifinals, right? I mean, not the Spanish or the Swiss, excuse me. The Spanish or the Swiss, yeah, the Spanish or the Swiss on one side of the semifinal four. And we're going to have the Czech Republic or Denmark on the other. And then you're going to have an Italy, Belgium, or an England, Ukraine. I mean, it is fascinating to see how this thing works up. But, folks, I think this roller coaster ride is not done yet. I think you should stay tuned, watch closely. On Friday, again, I'm going to be going through these uh, quarterfinal matchups in detail, and I'll finish out some fresh bracketology through the semifinals and finals so that you can, uh, if you're going to be placing a bet at betonline.ag, you can do so uh, with um, another pundit's opinion in your belt, which is always, always, always a good thing to have, trust me. Uh, on that that will be the friday show if you miss any of the shows don't worry you can always catch us at our podcast network the believe b-l-e-a-v podcast network uh where you can subscribe and every time i do a new show you will find it in your inbox on your device however it is you consume and enjoy your podcast also i'm on iHeartRadio. tune in the award-winning sirius xm app the sports byline broadcast network sirius xm and the American Forces Network. Uh, we are the most widely distributed uh, soccer show uh, on the planet. All right, I am going to go to break. Get ready uh, to wrap this thing up right after these messages. Don't go anywhere. This is World Soccer Radio. Just a couple of minutes left in the show. Again, I hope you'll join me tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern time. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast on Sports Overnight America. That's when I'm with you, not just tomorrow, but every Monday through Friday, every week, on during the year, throughout the entire year. There's loads and loads of football to talk about. Uh, of course, the Euros now in the <coughs> quarterfinals have been set the semifinals, the finals. It'll be over by mid-month in time for us to get excited about the Olympics. And for me personally, the best thing about the Olympics is actually the women's soccer. So we'll get to enjoy that. And then August the 14th, uh, seriously, August the 14th. We are now coming up to the beginning of July. August the 14th is six weeks away. That is the start of the Premier League season. We got a whole Premier League preview to do. We still got the Euros to get through, uh, Olympics. What a wonderful, wonderful summer we're having after the nightmare of last year and COVID. Um, and by the way, just a, a last thought about some of the upsets. You know, the European seasons came hot and heavy once the leagues restarted after COVID. And I, I think you are seeing some fatigue. I think you're seeing some of the strain show itself on, on some of the older players. Um, so, you know, just like the European seasons were full of shocks and upsets, 
Uh, the Euros are no different. So fantastic stuff. Uh, once again, we are presented to you by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. If you want to place a bet on the Euros or on the Olympics or on the baseball or on the basketball or whatever it is. Ooh, where did that come from? That's interesting. Uh, or whoever it is, uh, you need to do that because, and you can do that at, uh, guys, please don't do that again. You can do that at the uh, betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. Uh, talk about throwing me off my thought process. Uh, that always happens. Uh, I, listen, no one's perfect, of course, but uh, that blasted in my ear, and now I don't know where I am. But I do know where I am. I'm wrapping the show up. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Let's talk more football right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning SiriusXM app and the American Forces Network. Don't forget to go to our podcast network, the Believe Podcast Network. Till tomorrow, folks, have a great night and get ready for an exciting weekend of quarterfinal action. Cheers. Drop my truck midway to the motorway station. Fairlinks coming up on the left-hand side. Headlight shining, driving. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.